Welcome to Family Life Today, presented in cooperation with this station by Power to Change. We hope today's program will give you something to reflect on and to encourage you in your relationships. Our hosts are Dave and Ann Wilson. Okay, so let's talk about our experience with Whole30. <laughs> where are we going with this? I just thought, uh, you know, I'll tell you where we're going in a minute, but I knew you'd start laughing. <laughs> Why do you think I'm laughing? Uh, just go ahead and tell our listeners why you're laughing. Well, we did this as a group. Like, let's all do the whole 30. Well, it was just We're, you and I and a, no, our, one were, of our sons. Yeah, and there were several wife. other people in it, too. I thought it was just Cody and no. John on us. And so we had a big text thread going, like, <laughs> oh, this is so hard, and giving up sugar, and giving up dairy, giving up flour. And and Dave is like, guys, I don't know why you're whining so much. It's not that hard. And then I'm seeing him at work and around the house. He's drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You're not allowed to drink Diet Coke. I did Dave's version then of Whole30. Like, no, you had peanuts? No, I didn't. I only added Diet Coke because I'm not giving One up Diet Coke. One day you had chips. Well, every once in a while I might... <laughs> I edited a little bit. Yeah, well, we've got in the studio today a woman who wrote a book about a better experiment, 30-day. I mean, when I saw your subtitle. Anyway, Kay Wyman's in the studio with us, back on Family Life Today. Welcome back. Well, thanks for having me. The book's actually called The Peace Project, The 30-Day Experiment Practicing Thankfulness, Kindness, and Mercy. Yeah. And, you know, I think all of us love something that's 30 days. This isn't your first book. I didn't realize this, but four books? Yeah. And we had you on a couple of years ago talking about you're not the boss of me anymore. Yeah, which I is a great book. That was awesome, which was really interesting. I think it might have been our first week as co-host with Bob Lapine at the time. I think it was close to that, yeah. yeah. But it was great, and I do remember that. I was so excited to come back and just be with you guys because you're a delight to be with. Mm. And there's, I, I personally am encouraged with what you do. So I'm grateful. So thank you for including me in your lineup. Well, you have encouraged us because as we've been reading your book, The Peace Project, it's going to inspire so many. But Kay, talk about that. Let's talk about peace because it is a choice. Mm -hmm. And what prompted you to do this? Really? A bad attitude. A sorry, (laughs) rotten attitude. (laughs) I'm not joking. Isn't that pathetic? What do you mean? Well, it all started a morning that I'd come home from carpool, and I have a Bible study that meets at my house and has for almost 20 years on Tuesdays. And let's say, let's just tell our listeners, you have five kids. <laughs> I do. I have Ranging five kids. from 14 to? 25. And you've been married how many years? It'd have to be 26 or more, you know? <laughs> That's for sure. Pretty sure 26. Okay, so, so. I'm not very good at math. I, I'm just terrible with numbers, so I'm not sure. I've been married for a while. 26 yeah. years. So you've been married a while. A while. But you come home. Yeah, so that morning I came home from carpool and I was getting coffee ready for the gals that were coming over. I opened the refrigerator. I think you all can probably relate to this. There are two cartons of milk in the refrigerator. I pick up no. the first one, it's empty. I pick up the second one, no. it's empty. And I'm like, <laughs> how does this why? happen? Why is it in there? That every woman in the world. <laughs> and so I feel, I was crappy. I'm feeling picked on right now. So I was uh, I was a little unhappy and frustrated, and I go get in the car to go to the grocery store. 
over. I start backing down our driveway because we still have side drives. And we are on a street that dead ends into a park. And so often it's hard to get through the street. I see a car coming up down the street who actually pulls aside for me to be able to back out of my driveway. And I was like, this is wonderful. It's so great. I start backing up and this huge black pickup truck, I guess, thought the guy was getting over for him. And he's like, (laughs) you know, barreling down the road at me. And I had no choice. Like, I'm sitting there going, for real, like, this is my street. And I guess I will be now backing down the street so that you can go through. And as I started doing it, I looked up. I don't know what prompted me, but I looked up. And it was such a beautiful sunrise. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, Mm. why am I crabby? And, I mean, in that whole moment, and I'm like just this sea of really actually thankfulness starts washing over me. And I instantly physically feel better. And I think part of it had to do with breathing because when you look Mm. up, you breathe. And so my mood kind of changed and I was like, okay, please, you can like take the road. I mean, it's totally fine. And so my attitude had shifted from being forced into backing up to willingly backing up, which was kindness without me really realizing what was happening because I was like, yes, please go. And as the guy passed, there was a, a young man driving. I genuinely had a moment where I was like, I have no idea what's going on in his day. He could be racing to the hospital for all I know. He could be late to work. I prayed for him in that moment, not in some over-spiritual way, because really, it was a bad attitude that started all of this. And I prayed for myself. And then I went to the grocery store. I got the milk and I came home. And when the ladies showed up, I was still, again, feeling physically so good that I told them about it. I was like, the weirdest thing happened this morning, you know, and I told them all about going to the grocery store and they listened and just was so amazing. The next week they came back and one of the ladies said, can you tell that story again? And the gal sitting next to her goes, oh, I've been doing it. Because as I told them, I kind of was sort of like, I think it was thankfulness. That's what was happening. I'm pretty sure it was kindness and it was compassion. I did not know at that point that it really was mercy that was at play. And so when she said she'd been doing it, we were all kind of like, what if, like, what if you did do that? Like, what if you actually practiced those things? And it was one of those things, Dave, where it was just like, what about for 30 days? Because it was my soul that was impacted. And that's when it was like, let's do a soul 30. I want to do a soul 30. And my kids are so nice to actually say yes to these harebrained ideas. So you brought them into it with you. I did, because I don't like doing things by myself. (laughs) And I just figured it's always better with friends. And if it really is something, then it's going to be something for everybody. And it just was an idea. And because they said yes, it's kind of like you draw the line in the sand. And at that point, we did. And we started it. And I got little notebooks for each one of the kids, even though a couple of them were adult kids. And it and was, did you still have your group of women? Were they thinking, yeah, we want to do this? Yeah. So you yeah, had so a we did little it. chunk of people. We did. And I, I include especially the women in the book. And of course, the kids, too. They're very nice to let me do that. They all kind of have goofy pseudonyms that they hate. But it's really about the people more than anything else, you know. And that's what I always hope, that no one engages with it and it thinks, oh, this must be her or this must be them. Because it isn't. It's for all of us. And so I hope the listeners will hear that this experiment was something the Lord gave us, and we didn't even know that we needed it when he did it. And so intimately, I know that he did it for me. 
because in that period, I probably did a soul 33 or four times and it deeply moves you. And there's something about experiencing God through it that's so powerful. And the reason why I think it is, is because those three things, thankfulness, kindness, and mercy, it's actually the greatest commandment. Mm. And that's what I think the secret sauce is. It's because when you do those things, they actually are the greatest commandment for a reason, especially mercy. You cannot do that on your own. There's no element of us left by ourselves that has mercy. Well, let's talk about... What you did, you know, because okay. you're, you're, you're talking about thankfulness. I'm diving right in. You're talking about kindness. Yeah. You're talking about mercy. Part of me is sitting here going, of course, I read. I know. But I want our listeners to hear, like, what did you do? Like, when I jumped into P90X, remember that? That was I years do. ago. I know. And it was phenomenal. But I'm watching Tony Horton, and I just, you know, follow what he's doing as a workout. And a lot of us do that now. What did you do each day? Well, we really did have a little notebook that we pulled together, and it wasn't anything special. You could do it on your phone. I've done it on the notes of my phone where literally I practice, like I do something, you know, practice gratitude, especially if you're feeling crummy. Like the time when the guy was driving down upon me, I'm unsettled and things are disoriented and there's discord. And it's like that's the perfect time to not let that discord mess with you. Actually find something in those moments that you can be thankful for and call it out. You know, I was thankful that I was in a car. And thankfulness is so overused a little bit. It seems lame. Mm. But the reason why there's so many books on gratitude Mm. is because it is so powerful. Like what it does for you, it actually does physically make you feel better because the dopamine is actually firing in your brain. I thought that was fascinating. It is fascinating. In the introduction of your book, you were talking about the brain science behind it. It's fascinating because you're actually made for this. Like we're created for this. It makes you feel better because there are things occurring in your brain that don't happen outside of these things. And I thought that was fascinating. I wanted to know why they made me feel better. It was sort of like this genuinely is making me physically feel better. Why? And so with thankfulness, that's one of them. I mean, it's scientifically proven for your heart health, for to deal with anxiety and worry, because what it does that's so powerful is it shifts your perspective. So it gets your eyes off of whatever the moment is and what it's stealing from you. And it puts your eyes into another place. And I think that's why the Lord said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind, because that's where the thankfulness is going. It's off my eyes are no longer on me. They're on the bigger picture and the gratitude as I saw that sunrise. I mean, it was impossible to not for a moment have my thoughts be overwhelmed by the beauty of this sky that was even on a cloudy day, which speaks volumes into Mm. our cloudy days. You know, the sun is always there. It is Mm. always shining. It doesn't matter what clouds are in front of it. And it's like, just take that the extra mile and apply it to your life. And so we did that. We practiced thankfulness. I asked them to do something different every day. I wouldn't do that now. Like, it doesn't matter. You can be thankful for the same thing every day. It's irrelevant if you're genuinely thankful. So did you write down your notebook? Okay, today is our thankfulness day. No, I did. Thankfulness, kindness, and mercy every day. So I have a TKM. And so I'd write down what I was thankful for. And then we legitimately looked for opportunities to practice kindness. And then we legitimately looked for opportunities to practice mercy, which is by far and away the hardest part of the entire process. Yeah, define mercy. What was, what's that? Yeah, mercy is defined as compassion or forgiveness shown to someone that you could harm. Wow. Okay. 
and I added to it even ourselves because I think we harm ourselves a lot. Here's where it gets complicated because you have these opportunities like forgiveness. We bump into forgiveness and we want to do it, but we don't want to do it because if we do it, it seems like we're saying that whatever happened is okay and it's not okay. Mm. And so the mercy aspect is never a victim role. It is not let someone walk all over you because that is absolutely not what the Lord has for us. I mean, we are his treasured possession. You know, he calls us sought after. After. He has engraved us in the palm of his hands. And so he has no interest in people walking over you. But there's a lot of interest in going into this compassion aspect. I looked for definitions. One of my favorite was from a Jesuit priest, and he said that it was the willingness to enter into someone else's chaos. And I love that definition because, I mean, I was sitting there going, I know that I've got tons of chaos. Like people, I feel for the people behind me because it's always like you've just got so much going on. And so there's going to be chaos. And we're in each other's chaos, whether it's in the chaos of our thoughts or the chaos of our actions, because we all have history. You know, we all have it going on. And the willingness part of what he was talking about is critical because the willingness, it can come from a place of wholeness. And I think that's what I loved the most about it is that when you genuinely practice mercy from a place of wholeness, I am required to be able to believe just for a second long enough to put action on the idea that my significance has been settled. What do you mean by that? My significance has been settled. I don't have to do anything to be okay. It's done. It's not a plan B. I'm the plan A. Hmm. And I'm coming at it from a daughter of the king because I am a daughter of the king, and sometimes I forget about that, and I'm not sure I've ever sat and lingered in that like I think we should. Mm. You're a son of the king, like of the king. Every single thing, seen or unseen, bows to our father. Everything. And to be able to come into a situation to have compassion on someone because I'm coming from a place of wholeness, I'm coming from a place of shalom, which is why this landed at the Peace Project, because shalom is peace, it's wholeness, it's completeness, it's the coming together of opposites, it's where light meets the dark. And then to get to live that because you're acting on it, it's insane. It's so incredible. I I mean, I can't tell you what it does for you because you're putting meat on the bones of actually trusting the Lord, not in some idea because you're going beyond the thought process to acting on it. And there's something that happens when we do that. Yeah. Develop that identity piece because I picked it up throughout your, your book as you were talking about choosing thankfulness and Mm -hmm. kindness and mercy. And you just said it. There's this foundational identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think of Ephesians Mm 2.10, you know, we are God's workmanship. Talk about that because it feels like if I don't have that, it's so much harder. But if I do, I can sort of live it out. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be great for you whether you know it or not. Like if you practice these things, it's good for you, period. It's good for any person, any human, because it's like rehumanizing everybody. Because instead of like seeing someone as a product or an object or anything, you're seeing people as a human Mm. because people are amazing. And sometimes in this culture, we've forgotten how incredible people are. And so in these actions, we're actually not canceling anybody. We're not discounting anybody. We're 
We're not discarding anybody. We're rehumanizing the entire effort, even for ourselves. Mm. And that identity piece, if we can get there, what I found through this is it actually helped me start to believe that the things the Lord speaks of me might be true. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to receive that you're a masterpiece because that verse where his workmanship, poema is the other word that's used. That's the Greek word that is right there right. and workmanship. And then the masterpiece is another, yeah, another, another interpretation, interpretation. Of poema. Yeah. Yes. And to actually believe and lean into the fact that you are a masterpiece and a masterpiece is unique. There's not another one like it. Like the Hope Diamond. Have you been to the Smithsonian and seen? Do y'all like rocks? Like that part of the Smithsonian is it, no. so unbelievable. Well, it's in a room with gems around the room, but the Hope Diamond is in the center of the room. It has lights all over it. It has guards next to it. It has a dome of like protection over it because no one can get to it. And it's like mm. a small rock for all intents and purposes. And that's nothing compared to you. Like the Lord's angels go before you in the same way that the Secret Service is going before our president. You know, it's like (laughs) whatever is on this earth is exponentially true of what he feels for you, how he protects you, how he goes before you, how he is a provider every single day in abundance. It's those things you get to experience And it sounds so ridiculous that you're doing it when having things like compassion on somebody else, which seems like such a weak place to come from, but it's actually the strongest place to come from if you're doing it out of wholeness. I love that, Kay, because you're right. When our identity is fixed on that, Mm -hmm. on King Jesus, of the creation that we are, that God created, it takes our eyes off of ourselves, Mm -hmm. maybe out of the thinking, you know, because we can think highly of ourselves and often we think very little of ourselves. And either way, our eyes are on ourselves Mm -hmm. and our thoughts are on ourselves. But there's something about when we have our eyes on the king, Mm -hmm. we start to see the people around us as his children, whether they know him or not. I was in line at the grocery store and it's so hard not to keep your eyes on ourselves mm-hmm. because we're all worried, we're all stressed, we're losing people, anxiety and worry mm-hmm. is at the forefront of everyone. But I was in the self-checkout line and I had this <laughs> this overwhelming thought that I needed to pay the groceries for this woman ahead of me. Mm. By the way, this doesn't happen just <laughs> once in a while. This happens quite a bit. And I, and I never even looked at the person ahead of me. I just felt this sense that I should pay for this person person's grocery. I don't know. I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. This is going to be weird and awkward. But I have this sense that God loves this person Mm -hmm. so much that he wants to care for them Mm -hmm. through me. And so all of a sudden, the person that's kind of helping everyone says, oh, your credit card isn't going through. You've got to be kidding. And so then I'm like, see, that was Jesus, because you're always wondering, is that God? Is that mm-hmm. me? And so I go up, and she's talking to the attendant, and I go up, and I just put my credit card in. I just I do it. it really quick. And she was about to come back, and she was taking things mm-hmm. away. And I said, oh, it's all taken care of. And when I looked at her, I thought, okay, people were judging her. She didn't smell great. She looked like she had been through a mess. Uh, she looked like she hadn't slept in days or showered in days. But I just felt in that moment like, oh, 
God, you're crazy about her. Yeah. And I just hugged her and I said, God sees you and yeah. knows you and loves you. And um, it was this great opportunity. And so often I miss those opportunities yeah. because I'm in my own head. It's true. And then, you know, the thing about kindness that you did right there, I know that it made you feel as good as it made her feel. Yes. And it seems like, again, that you're giving something away or that you're doing and it's, it's a, what you receive through was it is way better. Phenomenal. And it always works that way. Exactly. With kindness. I do know with mercy on the compassion part and stuff like that, sometimes that doesn't come back. Like mm. you don't feel <laughs> someone isn't feeling great on the other side. But I can tell you what it does to you individually is so significant. Mm. It really is. And it can be something small. And I love that, you know, it's like opportunities do present themselves in the grocery store. All, All the time. Always, I have a friend, Courtney, who <laughs> they will often to just be able to let the checker know that she is a person. Because people can be so rude. Mm. And and especially now, you're right. It's just mm. like everyone's on edge. Yeah. And they will purposefully read the name of the checker and say hello and get candy or whatever it is on the way out. And they'll ask her, what kind of candy do you like? Oh. And, um, and so she'll say what she is. And the girls, her girls are picking out that candy so that they can give it to her. <sighs> so that bad. she knows she's seen, she's known that, you know, that you heard her and you listened. Just little baby things like that are so amazing. This morning, again, it's all day, every day. I get multiple examples. <laughs> Even from this morning, I'm going through the TSA, and of course, I got stopped. Uh, you know, I don't know why. <laughs> and the lady is like checking my arm or whatever. And then she goes, honey, I think your jacket's on inside out. And I was like, it is. <laughs> and I was like, thank you so much. I would have gone the whole day with it inside out. <laughs> and, and I was just laughing because, you you know, I could have been crabby because it was inconvenient or whatever, but it's just, I just love things like that because people are just people and people are pretty amazing mm -hmm. and it's worth celebrating. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Interesting in mentoring a younger couple or being mentored yourself? Check out Power to Change's mentoring initiative designed to help you avoid those pitfalls we all can fall into. Email radio at powertochange.org.au or go to our website, families.powertochange.org.au, under the Helping Couples tab to get started today. You're invited back tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today presented by Power to Change in conjunction with this radio station.